that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand up. Hitting buck, hit the chuck, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'ma tell a hoe. Welcome everybody to Jeff vs. the World. This is episode number 16, and this week's episode will be about wrestling, and I have a special guest with me from the Kita and Jay show, Jay. Uh, yeah, just let people know, you know, what it is you do. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. Yeah. Because um, you was a guest on our show here a while back, um, so I really appreciate that. Uh, and everything. So when you asked me to come on your show and you know be a guest, I'd say of course. I mean, I mean it's Jeff, so uh, you know I got to jump in and you know jump on the show or whatnot. Because uh, I really enjoy your show um, and everything. And ah, shady. And it's, it's funny too because I I have actually listened to every episode. So. Oh wow! Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, it, it kind of gets me through work sometimes, especially when I take my lunch breaks or whatnot. I, I listen to it, and then if I don't finish it on my lunch break, I, when I come home, I just you know put put on the rest of the episode and finish it like that. Um, you, you know, the funny thing about that is that's the same way I listen to almost everybody's show. <laughs> is it I, if I'm at work or I'm in the office or I'm not doing anything, I'm just listening to podcasts, I'm listening to everybody's shows or whatever. Yeah. It's very rarely I come home and listen to him because I've already listened to him like traveling to work or at work or coming from work. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And plus, there's so many different ones out there, so it's like, how can you how can you really keep up? It, it's, it's yeah, it's hard. So, um, yeah, anything. Yeah, just uh, let people know. You know your your when you. Uh, I don't know if you have an exact time when your shows come on, but all that stuff and your good social media and all that good stuff. Okay, uh, well, uh, as you alluded to, uh, I actually co-host uh, the Kita and Jay show. Um, we actually, it's me me and Kita. Um, she's actually the host, and I'm like the co-host, pretty much. But, um, yeah, uh, we've been doing that now for almost five years. I think this year is coming up on five years, actually. Um, and we don't really have a specific date. Um, when we like release our shows because both our schedules kind of hectic so we try to you know get in a record time whenever it's possible like during the week um and everything and at least by the weekends they're usually uploaded um but as far as like a set day or whatnot we don't really have a set day um that's the show that me and her do together uh we used to do uh the nxt show together um but i kind of fell out of that and not because i don't like nxt i actually enjoy nxt a lot um and everything, but uh, when I started doing uh, my other show, uh, J Movie Talk, which I used to talk movies and stuff like that, um, I kind of took a little bit of a backseat from the NXT show um, and everything. And then uh, here two years ago, I started the uh, TV Zone Podcast Network, which is my kind of network that I started where I talk um, TV shows. I have other people come on to do TV shows and stuff like that. And then we have a couple of other. Um, you know, shows that's a part of the network, uh, the Frodo podcast, which is another movie 
um, podcast and also the Grand Slam podcast, which is actually a baseball show that I uh, co-host with uh, Chris, who you probably heard on the Keita and Jay show and everything like that. Um, so that's kind of what I've been really doing. Like I say coming. Up, so I have like a lot of shows really, um, and everything. But I try to I try to manage it all and everything and everything like that. But mainly, I mean, the Keita and Jay show is like where it started out with me and uh, Keita and everything with podcasting. And where can the people follow you on social media? As far as Keita and Jay show, you can follow that, of course, on Twitter um, and everything. It's Keita and Jay show is K-E-D-A, the letter N-J-A-Y show. That's on Twitter. And, of course, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Jay Movie Talk. It's just J-A-Y Movie Talk on Twitter. Or you can follow my personal page, which is The Jay Giles Twitter. And you can find the Keita and Jay show. Their episodes is on SoundCloud and also iTunes and wherever else you listen to your podcast. And then with um, Movie Talk, uh, it's all a part of the TV Zone Podcast Network. And the whole site for that is actually podbean.com. Or you can uh, listen to it on iTunes or wherever else you listen to your podcast. With Just type in TV Zone Podcast Network and everything with J Movie Talk will come up. And I have to say, for all my wrestling uh, peoples out there, the Keita and Jay show is one of my favorite shows when it comes to wrestling because... I believe Keita and Jay have a great dynamic, and I'm sure you've been doing this like you say y'all been doing it for five years. Just about, yeah. This year, yeah, they, yeah. Toward uh, I think it's September, yeah, September this year will be five years that we've been doing the Keita and Jay show. And it comes off great. Uh, it's more of you two actually seeming like you're just having a conversation, like nobody else was in the room, and you you two are just talking wrestling. And like I said, this is one of my favorite wrestling shows. Like anytime I see it pop up, I say, okay, I got to listen to it. I appreciate that. I know she, she hear this episode. She really enjoyed it too. Um, but real quick, just to give you a backstory, like how we even came up with doing the Keita and Jay show for your listeners and everything, mm-hmm. is okay. You remember uh, when Michael Smith and Jamel Hill used to have their show, right? Yes. On, on ESPN. So yes, that was kind of my idea for it when she was like she wanted to do a podcast because she actually just put it out there on Twitter like, hey, I want to do a podcast. Anybody interested? And I guess I was the first one to kind of like, yeah, I do a podcast or whatnot. But that was like my basis because you really don't hear too many you know men and women together doing a wrestling show. So that right there, I felt like that was going to separate us from like other people who do wrestling shows and anything like that so i just kind of like like hey we can be like his and hers almost and you know just kind of talk about wrestling and other stuff and like I say from that podcast just kind of grew yeah you can tell the chemistry with you two is really great um but i have to make a request either on this side or on your movie side we have to do a podcast and talk about uh my love and maybe your love for streets of fire i mean it, it has to happen <laughs> Well, okay, well, all right, so I got some bad news for you. So oh, I've, no. <laughs> I've actually already did that episode. Oh. That was episode, I believe, 22. I did that with a friend of the show uh, named Peter. Uh, we we did that a while back. But I have no problem, like, doing it again and kind of do, like, a revisit type thing and if you want to join we can do it like that would you well, know what six months down the road we will jump on here and i have to because i have to do a podcast about streets of fire because the show is the movie is just amazing in so many ways 
it's, it's a crazy movie, and how I don't know how that movie didn't get the love. I mean, I, I do know, but at the same time, that movie deserves more love than what it's gotten. It's really good, but it's also really weird because you can't really pinpoint. Ah, you can't pinpoint what time frame is it in. You can guess, but it's like, are we sure? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know what uh, Walter Hill what he was thinking with. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, he made some interesting movies though. I mean, he did Warriors, he did that, he did freaking Extreme Prejudice with uh, Nick Nolte. And everything. I mean, dude's done some like interesting movies, but that one, like you say, you, you can't really, you know, determine like when exactly is this? Is it taking it's, place? Current day, nineteen eighty four. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. But people didn't come to hear that. They wanted to hear. No. The, they came to hear to talk about wrestling. Yes. Um. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I want to jump right into the G1 since it just happened yesterday. And I know you said you didn't get through it, but the main thing I wanted to talk about is. Um, the optics of how it looked and it was, it wasn't good because you saw a lot of the blacked out seats yeah. and you saw a lot of empty seats, but the crowd still made up for it. Like it was like, it was amazing because I think they said it ended up getting maybe 4,000 or 5,000. I think I could be wrong. Yeah. And in that arena, that crowd was hot. From from the first match on, the whole night that crowd was amazing. But I wonder for New Japan, was it just bad, you know, bad promotion? Did they not get the word out, or is it that's just how many people are really interested to come to Dallas for a New Japan show? I, I well, okay, so let me go back to last year because. It's funny, last year at this time, I was in San Francisco when they was at the Cow Palace. Me and mm-hmm. me and Keto went to that when they were out there last year at this time. So, I mean, that arena was packed, but at the same time, that arena was smaller than the one that's in Dallas. But the crazy thing about Dallas is that that's where, you know, that's where the sportatorium was. And you had a lot of, like, wrestling fans that you know, live in Dallas, Texas. I mean, a lot of freaking wrestlers. You look back through history, there's so many wrestlers that's come out of Dallas, Texas. It's not even funny. But I think the problem is that they don't know who the New Japan wrestlers are. So they probably was like, eh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go to this. So it wouldn't surprise me if you didn't have more people travel from other cities and stuff like that. That was probably that made up the biggest of that crowd. So. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was like, ah, uh, you know, the optics just made me like, ah, uh, I wish people didn't have to see it like this. I wish they could have shot it different. I wish they could have did something to just not show all of the, you know, yeah, like because the arena, certain points you just saw, oh man, look at all those empty seats. What's going on? And for a product like New Japan to have a, what was it, a six p.m. slot? It was just, uh, but it was, but it's still, you know, I will put this down as far as one of the best shows I've seen all year. I mean, cause probably, I think, um, probably as far as, as far as, as far as in ring work, uh, man, it, the show is just great. And I'll put it like maybe in my top five, maybe at number five right now, but I just, I just love the show top it from, from the beginning to end. It was a great show. 
and that's the thing about New Japan is that they they consistently put on really good shows. I I don't think I've ever watched a New Japan show and it's like ah, this is a bad show. I I don't think I've ever done that. And I've been watching New Japan now like on a semi regular basis for like the last year and a half. And I, like I said, I haven't seen a bad show. And like I said, the one out there in the Cow Palace last year that was a really good show. And you know, seeing them live and everything, and it, it, I just it kind of it kind of upsets you that the fact that like you say the first time like anybody who's seeing that for the first time or whatnot, and you see all those empty seats and everything. Yeah, it's like, uh, what is going on here? People might be thinking, you know, you know how some people do. It's like, oh well, since um, since Kenny and the Young Bucks and Cody, you know, they all left. You know, nobody wants to really watch that. You know, some people might think like that. But it, Which you know it could that could play a factor into it too, but I just you know I'm more of that person who's in the WWE bubble and said you, you know I'm gonna watch this today. Everybody keeps talking about New Japan. Let me see what all the fuss is about. And the first optics they see is that. Then that's the first you know that's that ammunition right there. Yeah. And it's like, uh, but if you just stick with it and just watch the work, watch uh all the great action happens in the ring. Watch um. Uh, Kenta coming back and yeah. actually being Kenta in the ring, it was like, oh man, this is great. But you know, I know you haven't finished the show, so I don't want to ruin it for you. But I will say that I think as the show keeps going, you want to you know enjoy it more and more. Especially the standout match with Will Ospreay and um, Lance Archer was just amazing. I mean, it's crazy when you when you think about the two of them. It's like, okay, well, Will Osprey, you know, he's just like a normal side dude. Lance Archer is this, you know, freaking giant of a dude, like six ten or whatnot. So it's like, okay, they might have contrast in styles, but from like you saying and the other things I've kind of heard people say, like they they really put on a really good match. So I'm like, okay, I definitely have to see this now. Insane, just insane. Like I didn't care. Like you know, I'm a Will Osprey fan, and I just didn't care. Like at that point, I didn't care about him winning. I didn't care about G1 points. I was just like, man, this match is amazing. Um, but we'll, you know, move on from that. And we'll talk about uh, some things that happened on this past week. And we'll start with the uh, Fighter Fest. Um, as far as AEW goes, how do you feel about what they have shown us right now? And what do you think are you know, the pros and cons of what they're showing you right now as far as a company uh, in ring uh, and also how they're using social media. Uh, okay, so as far as uh, I'll start with the social media part. So as far as how they're doing the social media, I mean, that's kind of their thing for anyone who knows, you know, like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and even Cody. Cody Rhodes, I'm gonna call him that. I mean, he is Cody Rhodes. I don't care about he can't use the Rhodes name. He is Cody Rhodes. But yeah. um, <laughs> as far as how they use social media and everything, they are like the masters of it because you know they have the whole being elite, you know, show that they do, and you just kind of get to know them. Whether you whether you are fans of theirs or not, you still get to know who they are. Um, so I, I like how they, you know, use social media, in my opinion, the right way to market themselves and everything, because that's what it is at the end of the day. You are marketing yourself and now they're marketing their company because they are, you know, like the executives of AEW. Um, so I, I enjoy like 
from that aspect of they, you know, they are running a business at the end of the day now. So, you know, they've kind of got to step up their game in that regard. But on the flip side of that, um, now with them being like executives and whatnot, it, they need to do a really good job of marketing, you know, not just themselves, but the other people that's now a part of their company and everything. So hopefully going forward, we'll see more of that because that's kind of been somewhat a knock against them like people that i've seen like criticized like we don't know who the hell some of these people are <laughs> you know and everything we 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 know who cody is we know who kenny we know the young bucks we know hangman page we know john moxley now um but after that it's like who the hell are some of these people and in that regard they've they haven't done at least not yet because you know their tv hasn't started yet you know the weekly shows haven't started um but as far as what they've done with all in and now um you know with double well all in first of course and then double or nothing was their first official aew pay-per-view and now with fighter fest they still haven't really um you know promoted who some of these people that we're seeing for the first time i mean if you've never watched mlw then you're first getting to see um what's his name uh mjf even though he's i think he's like right now you know a part of that group that next tier right on under cody and kenny and the rest of them he's like the number one right after that because of how he's basically been marketing himself but it's not necessarily because aew is doing a great job of marketing him he's doing it himself in on social media even though he he needs to stop with the whole print slander that he's been doing on his social social medias or whatnot. But, um, you know he's still putting it out there, and he he just he's just like an amazing heel right now. But, um, as far as the in ring stuff, um, some of it, I mean, from the top guys in a sense, it has been good because I mean they 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 were good when they were in New Japan and and Ring of Honor and everything. They were really good. Um, so that hasn't changed, but some of the, uh, to quote, um, Jim Cornette, some of the outlaw mud show, uh, bullshit that they do, they, I mean, some of that stuff, I mean, yeah, it's funny and things of that nature, but at the end of the day, if, since they said that wins and losses, you know, matter in this company, we, they, they, they kind of need to take certain things a little bit more seriously, I, I feel like with some of the like lesser talent that we don't really know and we need to know who these people are because for anyone who watched double or nothing i mean that battle royal a lot of people did not like the battle royal and then from the uh buy-in as they call it uh which is their pre-show with uh fighter fest uh i know chris he told me on um on, on my show or whatnot he was like you know he really didn't like it because like you don't know who the hell these people are and what exactly is the purpose of a lot of their gimmicks so hopefully by the time we get to their TV show and everything on TNT, we'll get to know more of who these people are and it'll make more sense with some of the gimmicks on them. So like I say, it, it's, you, it, it's kind uh, of a, you know, back and forth, really. I think it's, well, no, what I'm going to say is I believe that it's some people overreacting to a certain degree yeah. because this is a, a very, very young company, and there are going to be a lot of hits and misses as far as things that they do. Um, 
looking at something as small as Cody taking a headshot. Kind of yeah. 2019, you don't really need to do that. There was really no point. Did it get a reaction out of people? Yeah, you got a reaction out of people, <laughs> but most of it was negative. I yep. mean, and it was just like I was, I forgot who I was tweeting with. I think it was Sean. Yeah, I was tweeting with Sean. I was like, I've I seen mankind take plenty of headshots. It's not the fact of me accepting it. It's just I don't particularly care for that anymore because we, we are all a little more smarter in 2019 when it comes to, you know, things of that nature as far as, you know, head damage, brain damage, things that can cause permanent damage to kill you yes. slowly you know you might not even know it just like you know like i was saying um i was tweeting that night he may not have a concussion that night but what about two days from now or three days from now or a week later he's saying hey i have a headache and i don't know why yeah. like these are things that i can do without but i'm not going to go crazy about it um one of the things that i think personally they need to do and who the hell am I? They're not going to listen to me. But I think it would be great if they take their pre-shows and cut them down to 30 minutes. You don't need an hour pre-show. Cut them down to 30 minutes. Promote your top three matches of the night. Maybe an interview or two, one or two interviews, and maybe one match. Yeah. To, and I think that would be better because... A hour pre-show with your being the elite humor is not going to catch everybody. Nope. And I think they need to be more I think they need to pick their spots better when they want to use the humor. Um, Because at this point, people are just sitting back watching saying, okay, show me something. Because they have to realize a lot of these people didn't see WCW, didn't see ECW, so their bubble is WWE. So when you bring up a new company and talking about, oh, this company is going to challenge this company, the diehard WWE fans is in that bubble. They don't want to hear that. Yep. They don't want to hear that. And then if they do check out AEW and this is what they see, they have a lot of things to say, a lot of ammunition, a lot of jokes, because that's all I saw from a lot of people. Because I follow uh, a couple of people who just watch WWF. I mean, hey, if that's what you do, that's fine. Because I know it's a lot of people like that. Because hey, you might not have time to watch nothing else but WWE. Because WWE is a lot within itself. Um, but I just think. AEW can do better with the pre-shows as far as how they present. And maybe it's just a thing of they just trying things out because like the whole librarians thing is not the, it's not the wave, man. It's not the wave at all. Maybe you got to use them in a different way or something, but no. No, 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 no. Um, but I will say with this past buy-in or pre-show or whatever you want to call it, I did enjoy um, the tag match they had. I think it was like a three-way. It was the best friends versus SCU versus Private Party. And I think it was a great showcase for pretty much all the tag teams. And I think the right tag team won. And it was a good you know, not starting point 
but it was good for people to get to see the private party and see what they can do in the ring. And I'm glad to see that they, you know they got contracts with AEW because I think it's a team that they're young and you can see where they need to um you know you can see where they need work at, but I think with time working with working with other teams and all that good stuff, they will get better. Yeah. I'm I mean too um the fact that they haven't had you know, because right now they've just done three basically pay per views. You know, started with all in, that was their test run, you know, and everything. And then double or nothing was the official and now Fighter Fest. So they've only really the if like I said, I count all in as a as AEW, but mm-hmm. even though technically it's not. But yeah. it is. Um so technically they've only had three pay per views. They haven't, you know, had T V. I wanna see like I'm really waiting to see when the T V starts and they having to do like a weekly show. And I like how are they gonna manage that? Like how much is gonna be serious and how much is gonna have like the goofiness because if you give too much goofiness on TV or whatnot, then it might be a problem. Yeah. And I just don't think Cody well, excuse me. I don't think the Bucks and Omega's humor is something that's gonna catch too many people and say, Oh, that's funny. You may have a hundred thousand people say, Oh, I, I get their sense of humor and it's funny. But everybody else is gonna be like, I don't get it. Yeah. And you don't want that. So that's why I think it just has to be smarter. Just pick your battles, pick your spots. Um another thing I think that should happen, and maybe I'm wrong and Maybe this will start a dialogue is if we're having um, Adam Page going against Jericho for the title um, in August, I don't feel that Adam Page feels like that next person up. And last year's run through the G1, I, I want to say, is when everybody really started saying, hey, Hangman Adam Page is that next dude. He's, he's coming up next. And he had a buzz and he had a lot of things behind him. But now it's like, yeah, we know he's having a match against Jericho, but he doesn't feel like he's having a match against Jericho, if that's making any sense. No, no, it completely does. Um, honestly, I, I am a, a Adam Hayman Page fan. Uh, oh, me too, me too. And I, I, I mean, last year I did. I had that feeling too. Like, hey, he, he's like the next you know thing up or whatnot you know he's the next guy or whatnot and you know so when he's in the first match you know for the AEW heavyweight championship even though Bret Hart technically is the champion right now but that's another story (laughs) um but um you know it's like okay yeah okay he he, because I don't think see that's the thing about it because the way they're making it seem like with him right now it's almost like I think Jericho might actually be the first champion because you know, Jericho is Jericho, and he can do no wrong at this point in his career. <laughs> so to have it right now, to put him as the first champion because of how they've kind of not so much been building uh, Paige, you know, it makes sense. But you would think that to, if you really want to make um, Adam Page be the next guy, you build him like a serious, you know, contender for a major championship and you make him beat 
um, Jericho, and then you have him on this run because now he's beaten like you know, not just like a guy, but he is a legend. Chris Jericho is a legend. Soon he probably he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame one day, and everything. So dude has done everything. So to have him beat somebody like that, and then you give him a good run, you should be building him up like he is a champion. But they're not, at least right now. Yeah, and I, you know, I think maybe with TV that will change, but he's having a match in August. Like, where is, because Jericho's not going to be there. Yeah, like, you just did the match is going to happen, and I just don't feel like he, he's most certainly should be in the match. That's not what I'm saying. It just doesn't feel like he should be in the match. Because Because once you do, yeah, just how they they're they're positioning in him and how they've been using him, it almost feels like it should be Moxley or Omega, but it's yeah. not. It's and I get why it's not. Trust and believe. I understand why it's not Omega because Omega's a made man. He's going to get the title eventually, but he does not need to have it right now at all. And it gives them another avenue to have him feud with Moxley. Um. Yeah, that's all I want. I wish they would just push more of Adam Page, put him more as maybe that third guy, that third big star. But you have to put him in positions where people can see him in that way. And if you don't put him in positions, listen, that match is not going to be flat. I'm pretty sure the crowd is going to be lit for the match. But after the match and going into TV, you still want to make him feel like, yo, that's that's Adam Page. You know what I'm saying? That's that's yeah. the band right there that he's got next up. You don't want to make him feel lesser than like he shouldn't be. MJF shouldn't be looked above him. Yeah, and, and this he's is not right now. Yeah, not right now. And this is not a knock against MJF because he's gonna be phenomenal. His mic work is amazing, and he he really grasps and understands what he's doing on that microphone as far as working that heel and working the crowd. Um. Yeah, that's really pretty much it I have for that. I just like, hey, I say it again. I stress it. Anybody from AEW, just shorten the shorten the little, little pre shows, thirty minutes. Hype up the hype up the big matches. Couple of interviews. Showcase one match. You're good to go. Save the humor. Pick your spots because it's just not something that's not gonna. You know, it's not. I don't think everybody's gonna get the humor. Because I have people who say, oh, I don't watch to be an elite, but I'll watch an AEW show. Yeah. So, you know, some of that stuff is over their head. Um, This is a side question I have for you, because I just remembered uh, the conversation we were having on Twitter. Who who's your top five tag teams, man? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, put me on the spot. Uh, top. Of all time. Uh, not all time, not all time. Just right now. Oh, right, right now. Right, just right, right now. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. In, in no particular order. Um, oh, no particular order. Okay, I see where yeah, you're going. Yeah, okay, no okay. So, um, I, I'll, put the, I'll put the Usos there um, as far as the tag team. Especially what they've done in like the last two years. I, that kind of elevated, elevated them a lot for me. Um. I'll throw in um, G.O.D. Uh, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa from okay. New, New Japan. Um, I'm trying to think. Who else? Um, hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, after them, see, it gets kind of tricky. Um, if I go back to WWE, as far as the tag team, I don't want to say New Day because they're a three-man monster, and even though now they're kind of doing like their own thing, especially with Kofi being, uh, I'll go with the Revival. I'll put the Revival there as a pure tag team. They they should be considered one of the top um, tag teams. Um, let's see, another tag teams. Um, hmm. See, for me. Because, like, tag teams here lately have been kind of trippy or whatnot. Um, another tag team. I mean, I could throw in, um, who's somebody? I'm trying to think. I'm kind of going blank on. Okay, uh, are the Young Bucks in your top five? They're actually not. Wow. They're really not. Hey, I'm not even mad with you. I'm not even mad with you. They're really not. I mean, I I mean, I don't mind what they do. I think they're too flashy and they're too self-aware of what they do because they'll do a move and before the crowd looks up at freaking Titan Tron, they'll look up at it to see the replay of what they just did. And they're like, what are y'all doing? Y'all too aware of what you guys are doing. It's like, just have the match. (laughs) Can, oh, can can I bounce back off that? Can I just hit you back with something? Okay. What's the difference from them than when RVD used to do that? I'm just saying. I'm well, just saying. I mean, but that was that was his whole thing. He was this. He was, you know, he's the whole effing show, though. I mean, I get it. Hey, hey, hey. listen, 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 <laughs> listen. I think a bunch of us went through this uh, one day on Twitter, and I. The Young Bucks are in my top five, but it's either number four or number five. They're not number one. As of right now, the Usos are number one for me personally, okay. right now. Okay. And that's only because I don't I can't believe it. I don't remember if it was Cam. I think it was Cam that said it. Or it might have been I'm not sure who said it. But they said that think about it this way. Look what the Usos can do under that umbrella of WWE and you know all the you know things you can't do and do and this just think what they can do if they didn't have like they had nothing you go out there and just free go paint just go paint your picture well I think it, okay and this is what's funny about it uh, we you know it's the two of the tag teams because I only named three I still got two more though but I'll figure it out somewhere um but you notice I named uh, the Usos and G.O.D. Gorillas and Destiny. Mm-hmm. Because I look at it as if the if the Usos was not in WWE doing what they're doing right now, they're basically they basically would be G.O.D. I, I think that's what they would be, and I think that's why WWE has allowed them to kind of do this whole Uso penitentiary and kind of be more, you know, themselves because they look at a tag team like um, Tama, Tonga and uh, Tangaloa. It's like, okay, they just letting them be themselves, minus all the cursing, of course. <laughs> you know, because they ain't going to let them coming out there just cursing or whatnot on TV. But I feel like they're kind of like the same side, you know, different sides of the same coin in a way. Just one is more, 
quote unquote PG and the other just you know raw unfiltered. So that's why I kind of got both of them in my top five as far as current tag teams. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with what you said about it as far as the Usos though. Um, and everything. I can see why you had them number one because I mean they. If it was the Usos that used to come out there, you know, do the whole, you know, you know, Samoan, you know, uh, entrance and everything, and then go, I was like, man, not so much. But once they let them switch it up and you know, kind of be more true to who they are and everything, and they really, they can, because they can have a tag team match with any tag team that's in WWE, top to bottom. Yeah. So, so that's one thing I do like about them, um, and everything. But, um. Hell, I thought um, if they were still a tag team, I would say um, the Killer Elite Squad, uh, David Boy Smith and Lance Archer, when they was together, I was kind of pissed they broke up in a way, but I understand it because uh, David Boy Smith Jr., he wanted to go do something else, and Lance Archer, he wasn't ready to leave New Japan. So, But if they were still together, I would have put them in my top five because um, they were some big dudes that can do some crazy stuff. Um... Who else is out there really? That when I think of like top tier tag teams, I mean, I know Lucha Bros in mind. Lucha Bros is number two for me. Lucha Bros, and and I get it if you because I a I understand if they're not on your list too. I get it with people's uh, pushback with them is too. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I like um, even though they really. Even though they are a tag team, but they don't really get considered like a tag team because they do a lot of solo stuff in New Japan. I'm talking about uh, Rapungi 3K showing you. They, mm. they, I think they good um, and everything. Yeah. Uh, but see, that's the problem that tag team wrestling has kind of been ruined to some degree, especially in in the United States or whatnot. With WWE, they you know they just kind of ruin tag teams. So it, it's like tag teams for me have kind of fallen to the wayside to somewhat. Um, hell, I throw the Briscoes on there. You know, for the longest time, maybe years ago, years ago, that's that was always my answer. You couldn't tell me nothing. Nobody could tell me anything else. And I think just because they never got that chance to get to NXT, or you know what I mean, just to get that to show that they can do the same thing in NXT, because. I always figured that okay, now the Triple H over there, they'll, they'll probably get a chance now. At least I know they are older now, but I guess it's not gonna happen or whatever. But that used to always be my answer for every yeah, Briscoes, Briscoes, Briscoes. But, but okay, well here's the thing about them because I I used to joke about uh, Kevin Owens before he went to WWE. Kevin Steen, if, if you remember watching him in Ring of Honor, I was like, there's no way in hell they would let this man come to. WWE because he would be cursing all over TV, you know, and everything. He was Kevin Steen. He didn't. Yeah. So, so but he did. He went. He changed it up. Kevin Owens and everything. He kind of toned that down, you know. He he fit it. Now the Briscoes, I don't see them, you know, switching up that. And they would. I can just see Jay on on the uh, microphone. He just come out of nowhere and then he'll drop a F this or you know MF that. And next thing you know, they got to cut to a commercial. Because he didn't screw it up. I don't see them changing up who they are. No way. So I think that's one reason why they haven't made it to, you know, that WWE, you know, umbrella or whatnot. Uh 
Let's see. Do I have one more? I think I got one more. I think I named four. I need, I need one more, right? I believe so. Did you uh, think? Let's see. I, I did G.O.D. I did Usos. I did, um, I did the Briscoes. I thought I named somebody else, too. Show and Yo. Yeah, I did. I did Show and Yo, uh, Rapunky 3K. Um, and then just for the hell of it, I say, even though, it, when he's healthy in NXT, I'm talking about Bobby Fish. I mean, Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and, um, Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, yes, yes. So. Red Dragon. Yes, right. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, I think my would be Usos, um, Lucha Bros, and like you say, if healthy, I'm putting uh, Undisputed Era is three. I think G.O.D. is coming at four, and then Young Bucks will come at five. But those two can flip flop sometimes. It just matter how I feel on you know feel on that day. But I was just wondering because I'm always interested to hear what people who listen, who watch stuff outside of WWE yeah. and where they would put the Usos at because it's always, you know, just an interesting, you know, take on it. Because some people would be like, oh, you know, I don't particularly care for them or well, I don't understand why they don't get the hate because they do more super kicks than the Young Bucks at this point. And I'm like, oh, that's a... <laughs> I mean, in some matches, I can see where people can say that, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the super kicks just become a thing. That's not that's an NXT, uh, the main roster, Young Bucks, whatever. The super kicks just become a thing. There, it's, just, it's like a go-to move for you know a lot of people. Exactly. I mean, as long I put it like this, as long as Goldberg ain't trying to do a super kick no more, I'm, I'm good. I, oh, I don't man. care who do super kicks. As long as, as long as Goldberg not trying to do it anymore, I'm, I'm good. So we had some news uh, come up maybe a little bit before this past. Monday and Tuesday about we're having two new executive directors uh, for Raw and SmackDown. For Raw, Paulie Heyman, and for SmackDown, Eric Bischoff. When you heard that news, what did you think? <laughs> well, when I first heard it, I was like, is this a joke? It, you know, it, okay, somebody just really wanted to get, like, you know, they wanted Twitter to basically burn to the ground. <laughs> by saying that, that's what I thought at first, and then as I, then when I saw it on WWE, I was like, oh, okay, so this is actually this isn't a joke, this this is real, and I'm like, huh, they really are, you know, kind of, it's showing that they're they're desperate for something, not not so much with Heyman, not so much with Heyman, because Heyman has, you know, he's never stopped being a part of wrestling, you know, even though he's taking breaks here and there and. You know, he kind of devoted a lot of his wrestling time to Brock Lesnar or whatnot. But he's never stopped being a part of wrestling. Eric Bischoff, on the other hand, that was that was the biggest surprise to me. Because we know what he did with WCW. Um, we know he took, you know, a long hiatus after he got thrown in the uh, dumpster, in the garbage or whatnot, and was driven out there. You know, he, he went away from wrestling altogether, really. And then he started focusing like on his other businesses, and then um, the podcast and everything like that. But so him being the charge of SmackDown, I'm like, hmm, that's that's gonna be interesting to see how that play out. Heyman, on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not I'm not too surprised by that one. So. Yeah. So yeah, 
But when I um when I initially heard the news, I was thinking more of, oh, this is going to be a storyline or they're going to be added to the storyline is going to be a big thing and whatever, whatever. But then as I'm reading it, I'm like, wait a minute. Executive director uh, Vince McMahon will still have the final say. Okay, this should be interesting. And my first thought was actually my second thought was, why Eric Bischoff? But yes. then I, but, but I had to go back and I had to think and I was like, he did have a run. Unfortunately, no matter how you feel about him, I think he was great at certain things, but him not having to deal with the week to week of storylines, yeah. I think will help him out. And, you know, he'll have people around him um, because I do think he'll have good big ideas. It's just basically how will those big ideas play out. Heyman, like you said, like you say, Heyman's pretty much been there, so it's not going to be too hard for him to get in a rhythm. And like from what they're saying, I don't believe Bischoff was backstage Tuesday. Because he's moving his, he's supposed to be moving to, um, where where is it located at? Connecticut, whatever. He's yeah, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. He's supposed to be moving to Stanford, and they say that uh, Heyman was right beside Vince the whole night. I guess for Monday, and personally, I've seen a lot of websites say that, oh, you know, Heyman didn't have anything to do with Monday, and I got to mm-hmm. tell you. I think they're lying because certain things you can just feel if you watched ECW or know anything about ECW felt like Paul Heyman. I mean, that first 15 minutes, didn't Bobby Lashley feel like a star? Well, him, let's see. Lashley felt like a star. Strowman felt like a big monster that just could probably tear down the whole building with his bare hands. And, and that was the beautiful thing about it because it's it's funny how you know with this whole thing of all wrestling and feats of strength nobody cared about that but all they did was they had them two go out there have a fall count anywhere match and it was almost like oh this is almost like Bam Bam Bigelow and Taz and EC Duffy that that's what it was almost like and you know with them two they they had two matches, two really good matches that went all over the arena. In one match, they fell through the ring. In the other match, they went through the uh, ramp and everything like that on the stage. And that's what this felt like. It felt like Bam Bam Bigelow and Taz, ECW. That's what it felt like. Um, I think another great thing about it was that I didn't know how I was supposed to feel about uh, uh, was it Mike Bennett. Well, what's his name over here? Mike Canellis. Well, Canellis. Yeah. yeah. What is Mike? And, and and his wife. That whole oh thing just God. felt weird, and I was like, uh, "What is happening right now?" And you know, you know a storyline, but it's still like, this is not Vince McMahon. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, to me, it didn't feel like Vince McMahon. I, I don't. I don't even know if that felt like Paul Heyman. Really, I don't know where that came from because the whole. That whole thing just felt weird. Even with even with Seth and, and Becky, it felt weird. They for them if, if okay if they're supposed to be like a real life couple, they don't have no type of on camera chemistry at all. Wait, wait. In my opinion, let let's listen. We're gonna say that for the end. We're gonna say that for the end because I'm I'm gonna get there. We're gonna get there. But but I do know what you're saying. It's yeah. 
we, yeah, we'll get there. But I just felt like Heyman's fingerprints were sprinkled around this show. And I felt like that, especially with social media, everybody was more invested into Raw. It seemed like more people were excited about the show because, man, that, that was a hell of a first hour. That was a hell of a first hour, and I couldn't even believe how good it was because I was like, oh, it's 9 o'clock already. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. Let's 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 go. Um, SmackDown, for the exception of the um, Kofi and middle finger to Joe, I didn't really feel like there was a really big difference from SmackDown. It, it was, and like I said, people say that um, Bischoff wasn't involved, and I don't, I don't, I don't think he was or whatnot. Um, but it's almost like they were just treating SmackDown like a like an afterthought show, really. Yeah, I still felt like SmackDown was kind of like, huh? It's kind of it's, it's a show. It's been good. And another thing, excuse me, around Raw, Raw just seemed like everything just went. Everything was like, everything had a reason. The go 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 go. Like, let's not slow down the show. Everything was kind of like just moving and moving and moving. Um, but yeah, SmackDown just felt like another show for me. For the exception of the, uh, you know, like I said, the Kofi and Joe thing, I felt that it was just another show. And like you said. Supposedly they're supposed to be bringing in um, Bischoff slowly, uh, so he can get adjusted and I guess you know get his feel because this is a guy who's not been involved in wrestling. I think he's been doing his podcast, but other than that, I don't think he really knows what's going on. <laughs> so they'll want him just and I, and you know what I mean because I I was a WCW kid. That's that's actually what I started watching when I was a kid or whatnot because I started. I started in 94. That's when I started. So, uh, I mean, I remember watching WCW Saturday night. And then, you know, then uh, 95 come along. And that's when Nitro and everything. And, you know, from there, even to the bitter end, I, I still watched and everything. It still broke my heart when Shane McMahon walked out there in Panama City and, and all that. It broke my heart. But Bischoff, I think, under Vince will be better than what he was under Ted Turner for the simple fact that Ted Turner he just like I just want to be in the wrestling business and here's a blank check you go just do whatever opposed to Vince like no you I'm gonna let you run the show it's just at the end of the day I still have final say and hopefully Bischoff has learned from not one but two mistakes because when he went to TNA he you we know what happened there too but um oh boy <laughs> but oh boy but, but i think he's learned from those two mistakes you know just being given the keys to the castle and just being allowed to just run wild with it so here he won't have that you know that freedom to just run wild you know vince is going to have the you know, you know he going to let know like okay yeah you you're a boss but i am the boss so how many how many episodes you get before we get Hogan on uh, SmackDown? <laughs> the first episode on uh, on Fox, Hulk Hogan comes out. Oh, they really gonna have me turn off the TV or turn the channel because <laughs> soon as I see his dumb ass come out, I'm turning it off. Oh, I was so pissed when he showed up at WrestleMania. Oh my god! 
I was so pissed about that. Yeah. Um, now, let's just go ahead and get to the meat of it because you brought it up. Uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. And I'm going to state this because I think I was one of the first people to say this. That the wrestling community was going to eventually turn or start to voice that they don't like this. And I honestly, I have no problem with it. They can, you know, if that's what you want to do, how you want to showcase your champions, I have no issue with that. The issue I have is outside the ring, they may be a great couple. But when you tell a couple to, hey, take this, say this, or do this, and we're filming you, they're going to try to do it to the best of their ability because they're doing their job. But it may not come off great on TV. And I think that's the issue many level-headed people are having because I could care less if they're on TV. I had no problem with... uh, John Cena and Nikki and 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 Daniel Bryan and Breed. I was fine with me, you know, if they wanted to put them on TV or not, or they want to have a TV show or whatever it may be. You know, I have no issues with that because these are grown people who have lives and are, you know, they you know, they live and they date and they they're in the world, they're doing whatever. So it's okay, but I just feel like I hope. WWE is not doing this just to say, oh, let's capitalize all this when eventually you could be hurting this because for the short term it could be fine but if this is a long term or you got some long goals with this this can get bad real fast yeah I mean we've seen in the past like when real life couples get together we've seen some really good ones and then we've seen people who couldn't stand each other and and some of those in some cases they were married (laughs) I mean look at um Look at Goldust and uh, Terry Reynolds. They literally started hating each other <laughs> because of certain. I mean, I think it started with the whole Brian Pillman uh, storyline. You know, with him kidnapping her, got her in the hotel room, and they're still married at this point. But they're doing all this stuff, and he has, and because you know, kayfabe was still real at that time. Pillman and Terry have to travel together. They got to do all that stuff, or you know, a real tragic one. I mean, Chris Benoit and and Nancy, woman, you know. Kevin Sullivan like hey yeah y'all have to be together and next thing you know they actually start fooling around and she leaves Kevin Sullivan for Chris Benoit because of you know you want to bring in like real life stuff to you know the storylines and then you just you know things happen or whatnot and like you said it could either it could either be really good or it could be bad and I see um, people saying that they've been pushing back I guess against people on social media about it and I get it because sometimes, you know, in a sense, you do have to defend yourself to a certain degree. And I understand you want to stand up for the, you know, the company. You want to wave your WWE flag. But they have to realize it's no different than from a movie. If you're a if you make a casting decision and you get them in there and they don't read well together, what happens? They find somebody else new. There's no difference. So why should they be above criticism? If they're not coming off well on TV, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a weird thing, but 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 you nailed it though. It, it is it's just like a movie. You know what they always say, like real life uh, couples 
some can't really do movies together, and we've seen that. I had even though I had damn uh, Eric Stoltz do Back to the Future for damn near the whole movie, and they looked and said, "You know what? No, let's go get Michael J. Fox." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that. Or, or she almost had a uh, James Remar, you know, as Hicks and uh, Aliens. And then it's like, nah, he ain't working out. <laughs> so let, let let's get Michael B. In here. Yeah, it's just it, I. <sighs> I want it to work. I want it to work on TV. But if it just don't pop, it don't pop on TV. So that's why I'm hoping this is a short-term thing. I know they're supposed to be having a match, uh, I think, Monday. And then they'll have another one together, uh, Extreme Rules, I think it's Sunday. It's coming Sunday. So it's just like, uh, I hope it's over with then because you just want it to work. And I think it would hurt Becky more than it would hurt Seth. Yeah, and you don't want it to get it because right now Becky's big I mean she'd not be as hot as she was before Wrestlemania or before the punch or all that stuff but she's pretty much their top star and you don't want your top star to start getting booze or start having the crowd turn on them because Excuse me. You clearly got them as baby faces. So if you're gonna keep them as baby faces, that's fine, because you already have your heels in um, Corbin and um, what's my girl name? Lacey Evans. Yeah. So you know, it, it, you, you gotta know what you, you gotta know when to pull the cord. And hopefully, after this week, after the pay per view, they can just say, you know what? Okay, y'all go ahead, do your thing. That's enough or whatever. But. I don't know, man. Like I said, I just know wrestling crowds. I've seen a lot of wrestling crowds turn, and you can just, just like the smoke is rising and people are talking. So it's only a matter of time before you start hearing booze during their uh, promos. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the video from uh, the live show over the weekend or what that where they was in the ring and they reenact the uh, the scene from Dirty Dancing where. Uh, you know, she's running, jumping to his arm. He lift her up. They do that in the ring, and it's like, like really? That's this. This is what we're doing. See, this that's like, fine. I don't have that. Is totally fine. It's it's a house show. Many people won't see it. Um, you could tell during the house shows most of the time they just having fun. That's yeah. fine, and I'm pretty sure it came off better. Did it, uh, it, it, it had to come off better than it did on TV, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, if they if they did that on TV, oh my. It would have been too many. You do this, you got to do that. Turn this way. Make sure you're facing this way. Stand to the side when you're watching TV. Like it's too many stuff that you have to do with Raw. And you know, Vince McMahon is pretty much a control freak because he wants to. He wants certain things his way. If it doesn't play right, the crowd is going to read it. Like that, that crowd is going to read it, and they're going to be vocal. No matter if I like it, no matter if you like it, no matter whoever, they're going to be vocal, and fans are going to be fans. Now. Some fans have totally lost their mind, and I guess they think that Seth Rollins is not supposed to be out there, you know, chilling, and Becky ain't supposed to be out there chilling. These grown folks, they dating, they having sex, they doing all that stuff. So y'all got to get over that. That's just the way it is. Now, if you want to talk to me about WWE saying, oh, we need to put this on TV, now we can talk about it. But don't, like, some people sounding silly about the whole topic. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. That it, I don't think there was too much else that happened this week as far as wrestling that I can think of. 
I mean, we well, we, we we touched on the whole um, you know opening with um, Lashley and Strowman, but we well, what do you think about um, you know what's his name, Corey Graves with the uh, holy shit that went out on live TV? Oh, Paul Heyman, all day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't, even, you know, I didn't even bring that up because I was like, that's obvious. Because yeah. trust and believe, Vince McMahon at eight, at, what was it, eight fifteen, eight? I was like, wait a minute, what is going on? So, <laughs> I mean, you you get the initial shock. Of, I mean, they going through the freaking, uh, you know, Tron or whatnot. You get that initial shock, and then him burn out. Holy shit! And then it just went quiet. It's just like, okay. Because it, it, it kind of played with you a bit. It's like, okay, was that what he's supposed to see that? Was his microphone? Did he know his microphone was on? He I would give somebody my whole paycheck if they could just let me see a tape and let me see Paul Heyman screaming in his ear, just say, holy shit, just say it, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> because it sounded like he was frightened to say it and he just said it like, okay, I'm going to say this, yeah. but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say it. Because. Cause you got no reaction from Michael Cole or Renee Young. They they didn't say nothing. I'm pretty sure USA talked events. <laughs> hey, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> it was not it, it, it was not 10 p.m. It was not 11 p.m. What is going on here? Vince probably already had the check written out. Just just tell me how many zeros I need to fill in. <laughs> that's, that's it. He probably already had the check. You know, wrote just, just tell me how many zeros. Yeah, but I will say I am looking forward to raw and that I, I haven't said that in a long time i'm looking forward to raw and i'm actually looking forward to extreme rules you know what i am too that, and that's the, because of where it's gonna be <laughs> which is like hmm this is very convenient paul hammond's in charge of raw and extreme rules is in philadelphia and you know what it's something else i do want to talk about and I think it needs to be addressed. And I said I was going to talk about it on social media, but I was like, you know what? No, I'll save it for the show. And we have to talk about Kushida and NXT. Because I know people are going to hate to hear this. I'm just going to say it. It's lukewarm, man. It's lukewarm out there for Kushida. Yeah, it's not looking good for Marty McFly. It's... it's <laughs> From somebody who matches I enjoyed in New Japan, uh, you know, in New Japan, I don't feel that the crowd really knows who he is. They know he's from New Japan, but I don't think they really have a full connection with him. I think they know the name because ever since he's um, been introduced in NXT, his, you know, the crowd reception has gone from heightened to down to down to just, you know, lukewarm now. It's just lukewarm. And he's having good matches. And it's not like he's a bad worker in the ring. The character, I guess we'll get to know that in the coming weeks. So, you know, they did a little video package for him. I just don't want him to get somewhat lost in the shuffle. Like I'm going to say again, uh, some people may get mad. But Keith Lee, I am not understanding what's going on necessarily. You know what? How they're positioning Keith Lee and Kushida. I and I get it. You know, you're waiting for that group to go up, and then you're probably to start pushing them. But the way Vince McMahon likes to pull people, 
who knows? He could just say, oh, I want Keith Lee tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't want him to end up like Apollo Crews. Because Apollo Crews was definitely pulled up too fast. It's not like he can't go in the ring. That's not the problem. I just don't think he never really fully had a connection. And he fully didn't get to able to work with the crowd in NXT so that he would be ready to be put into position in, in on the main roster as far as dealing with crowds and conveying some type of, uh, you know, rhythm, emotions to get the crowd behind him. Now, also, too, because... You know, you don't get but a certain amount of times on the main roster, and then pretty much you're regulated as a main event or whatever Vince decides to do with you, or sometimes nothing. You just, you know, doing house shows and stuff like that. Look at EC3. Well, yeah, let's look at EC3. <laughs> and, and, and one of the people that everybody said, oh, you know, I think that's 99.9% people thought, hey, that's a WWE guy. Vince McMahon is really going to do something with him. And we were all dead wrong on that one. Because I, I, I thought that was a can't miss. Why is he in NXT? Just bring him up to the main roster. Because what's crazy about that right now is that MJF is doing his gimmick, basically. Pretty much. He's, he's basically doing EC3's gimmick. What EC3 did when he was in uh, TNA, Impact, whatever we want to call it now. Um, That's what MJF is doing right now. He's doing EC3 again. Why EC3 is basically relegated to running around arenas trying to get them 24/7 title. Oh, the 24/7 title is so awesome. <laughs> okay, so all right, there's there's my random topic right there. The um 24/7 title. What do you what do you think about it from when Mick Foley first debuted it to where we are now? With uh, Mick Foley debuts. What the hell is this? R-Truth wins. Oh, I figured he would win. R-Truth is amazing. I love the 24-7. To, uh, what's your man name now that got it? Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick is phenomenal. <laughs> My man is supposed to be on his honeymoon, and all he cares about is that damn title. And him and R-Truth are using social media so good. They do be using it so well. They, I think, because I've said on my show, it's like they're the two who actually get what they're supposed to do with this title. They get it. I think they get it, and because you got to look at the position of both of them, because they are both looking at it in two different ways. I think our truth is like, hey, I am damn near maybe close to fifty or maybe past fifty. I'm not sure. And I know that I don't have but so much, you know, tread on these tires. So I'm going to ride this out, use social media because he's more, you know, in tune with social media and stuff like that. So, hey, I know what to do. I know to use um, the the little Nas X song, you know, it's a, like I know how to use this thing. I, w- I will be fine with this title and people enjoy what I do. Drake Maverick is like, hey, I know I only have two or three av- two or three four avenues in this company so while i'm on tv right now it, it hey if i'm making a fool of myself i'm gonna make a fool of myself and get these checks yeah and he got his i mean his wife oh i got another check in the house and man that man woo, his jumper's wet because she is bad i'm like i'm like how the hell did he get her hey hey 
salute to that man. Yeah. The jumper it, wet. The jumper is wet because I was like, wait a minute. Man, I got wait. What's happening here? But the fact that he's more obsessed with this title than her, and I'm like, all this lady wants is for you to basically just, you know, just just smash her good. That's all. That's all he wants. Uh, that's, that's, that's all. Oh, the divorce is happening. As soon as the honeymoon over, the divorce is happening. Because <laughs> the, the picture that he just he put up earlier today is where they posing. He got the he got the title like right over her face. So all you see is the title and then her body, and it's like. <laughs> Mavazo <laughs> Cloud Nine. It's for yeah. It's it's great. I don't know what else they're gonna do with this title. I don't know who else is gonna hold it, but they gotta meet the standards of how the, the social media of what our truth and my man's doing because they're knocking it out the park. I mean, there's a reason why the truth is almost a ten time champion with this title. You know, just in a short period of time, because I guess they didn't know. I mean, look, Elias, he wins it, lose it, right in the same night. Yeah, know, yeah. Whatnot. You know, and now you got Drake Maverick who has it. He 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 won it. He lost it. He won it back, and now he has it. They're gonna probably let him hold it through extreme rules, and then it's like, like you say, who else besides them two? Yeah. Whoever gets that title, they gonna have to. Like you say, they gonna have to. And, to really live up to what they have set the standard. And let's be clear, this 24-7 title does have a shelf life. Now, I'm not going to be yeah. silly and just say, oh, this can do this forever. It has a shelf life. They just got to, you know, try to just run with it. Just run, 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 run with it. And like I said, initially, I was just like, oh, what is this? This is the, the hardcore title. Just changing the name, trying to, you know. But it's been fun. It's been fun for TV, and I think the majority of fans have enjoyed it and you know i think they will continue to enjoy it as long as they keep on you know you know do putting out good stuff with it yeah that's all they can do but like I said, i'm really enjoying with what, what truth has been doing with it and with drake maverick and as long as drake maverick wife can be on tv i'm all good <laughs> well i think that it will be the closing uh topic and i want to thank everybody who's listened this far and if you got through this episode Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, I want to thank you, Jay, for being on this episode number 16 for me. And it's been a ride. I didn't get to put an episode out last week, and that really hurt me. I was like, man, I missed a week. I was like, I damn missed a week. But, you know, it worked. Stuff came up, and it just couldn't be helped. But I'm going to run it back. I'm going to have some. I'm gonna have two episodes out this week with this one and another one with me and uh, Shahid. Keep going through the Fast and Furious franchise. Because oh, I, oh yes, I've been enjoying that. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you that's just a one franchise that I really do love. Oh man, I came real close. I wouldn't tell you this too. I came real close to almost telling somebody, "Do I look like a boss?" <laughs> I, almost, I was like, "What up?" I'm like, "Damn, I, I, I think I listened to that like too much." <laughs> yeah. And, so yeah, I've been enjoying. Hell, I'm, I even. I think I told you on social media too. I think I said that. Well, I'm gonna go back and actually like watch all of them, probably before um, Hobbs and Shaw. Comes. Yeah, and that's what we're doing because basically that's gonna be you know the end game of us reviewing Hobbs and Shaw. But yo, just going back watching the movies from the first one, and it's just like I was telling Shahid, they went from stealing VCRs, TVs, all that stuff to being ghost agents. That's insane. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's one of the craziest like turns. Like you would not, nobody in the wildest dreams think that a movie that was basically a rip off of Point Break. So that's what the first movie basically yeah. is. You, you just change the setting around, but that's basically what it is. You wouldn't think that that movie would turn into this franchise that's made. Who knows what, how much the whole franchise in total has made, but it's continued on, and you continue to add people. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not too happy that freaking John Cena's joining the franchise for uh, why not for Fast Nine? Did you see Bumblebee? I did. I thought and, he was, I know, thought he was great in Bumblebee. But but here's the thing. It's like I think he is better in comedies than in action. But again, what, see, and that's what that's what me and Shahid are at. What? How is he gonna be cast? What is he gonna be doing? Because we already got Tyrese being the goofy, you know, funny guy. So yeah. I don't think he would have, but he may be in that in between. He, he may be what Eastwood, um, Eastwood kid was supposed to be. Oh, Scott. Yes, Scott, yeah. aka the next Wolverine. Mm. <laughs> mm. Man, Scott need to do like his dad and get get them Western checks. That's what he need to do. Well, that's, that's what he needs to do. Listen, all jokes aside, with Scott Eastwood, I I I just don't get it, and I guess I won't get it. Uh, it helps to have it's the name. yeah, it helps to have a dad that's you know famous. It's, yeah, it's the name that because I mean I still don't understand his his role in the uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I was like, what the heck? Why is he here? Why exactly is he here? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. But yeah, man, I want to thank you again for being on episode 16. Uh shout out to your partner in crime, Kita. Uh hopefully next time I can have both of y'all on and both of y'all can do this uh with me. Uh it's been fun. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Um like I say anytime, uh especially uh like I said we have to make a date for that um Streets of Fire. Oh, like I say, I get, so I can put it into the calendar. Like Sir, that. we we gonna work on that. We, we start looking around October. Around October, we are gonna set a date for that to come on this come on this show, and we're gonna just talk about the the glorious Streets of Fire. Because <laughs> I, I like I say, even though I talked about it way back then, but I can definitely think of some other stuff, especially when I just did the the uh, rewatch. Oh man, and I haven't even done a rewatch because it's been a I think it's been a maybe a couple of months since I watched it because I usually always watch it like you know once every two or three months just to you know just to watch it but it's been a while now so I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because it's it's so good it's so good but yeah man thanks again uh this is episode 16 and we are out